This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant, and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite, and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers, and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. And even better, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WTTC at lumideodorant.com. Again, that's WTTC at lumideodorant.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. Good morning. Welcome to our first collective episode ever. So if you're a little confused and you don't know what this episode is, it's basically a community episode. It's an episode for you guys by you guys. So there's not going to be any general theme to them. And it's simply going to focus on answering the questions and sharing the stories that y'all wrote in. These episodes will kind of be sprinkled throughout the month and basically the frequency of them is going to be dependent on how many questions and how many stories we actually get because otherwise we're not going to have anything to talk about. So in the description of this episode, there will be the Google form that y'all can write in your questions, share your stories, ask advice, and they all will be anonymous unless you want me to plug your Instagram. I'm more than happy to do that. But these are literally just episodes for all of us to be together and ask questions and share our stories and not so much focus on whatever topic it is that I chose for that week. Okay, so we're going to get right into it. The very first question that I have is how to get out of a bad mood instantly. So these are the things that I do to instantly get out of whatever bad mood that I'm in. First, put on your favorite dancing song. So literally just put it on repeat. I did a workout yesterday and I listened to the same song for an hour and a half over and over and over and over because I didn't want to be there. I was in a bad mood, but put on that one song that you have that makes you want to dance and to move your body. The next thing I'm going to say is literally move your body, literally move your body. You can either go for a workout, you can walk, you can dance it out in your kitchen, move your body, get those endorphins going and you will instantly start to feel better. And then also make sure that you put your phone away. That's my biggest thing is my phone causes me a lot of my anxiety and honestly causes me a lot of my bad mood. So putting it away, focusing on myself helps me to get out of that negative headspace that I might be in. Also, 
take a nice long shower. Take a nice long shower and honestly feel like you are washing away every negative thought that you have, every bad feeling that you have in that shower. Almost like you are going in the shower and coming out a whole new person. And that's what I think of every time when I take a shower and I'm in a bad mood is I'm like, I'm cleansing my body of all this negativity and I will come out fresh and clean and literally in a way better mood and a way better person. My last tip for instantly getting out of a bad mood is to put on something that makes you feel confident and something that you're comfortable in. So sometimes if I'm at home for a really long time and I start to kind of get in almost like a rut or like a bad mood It's normally because I either haven't showered in a few days or I am wearing the same sweatsuit that I always wear and I need to put on a pair of jeans, I need to put on a hot top, and I need to just feel better. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes I feel like I've been going out too much or I've been doing too much and I need to just put on a comfy sweatsuit, sit on my couch, listen to my song over and over and over and really just be comfortable. So put on whatever outfit it is that will make you feel better, feel more confident in your body, and immediately you will start to get out of that bad mood. Okay, so going off of this question, I also got another question that says, can you talk about how to stop your feelings from influencing how your day goes? Because I really struggle with this. Like going to the gym in the morning is difficult because I overthink too much, things like that. So I 1000% understand this. I honestly think that in the morning is when I overthink the most. Right when I wake up is when I start to almost spiral because I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, okay, shit, what do I have to do today? Do I have time to go to the gym? Do I not have time to go to the gym? If I, this sounds really weird, but if I have something, say at 1 p.m. and it's 8 a.m. when I wake up, I immediately start thinking, oh my God, do I not have enough time to go work out? Do I not have enough time to do some homework? Do I not have enough time? Even though I have a shit ton of time, but in my head, I'm like, I have something to do later on this afternoon. How am I supposed to schedule my day to make it all work? Or say I wake up and I go on my phone first thing in the morning and I see something, it can instantly change my mood, it can instantly change my thoughts, and that can really influence my day. So I a thousand percent understand this question because I do it all the time, but one of the things that I've realized is laying in bed in the morning is not good for me. It's not good for me because it gives me that time to start to spiral, So the minute that I wake up, I feel like I need to get up, start my day, get out of bed. So based on this question and things like going to the gym in the morning is tough because you overthink too much, I definitely think just going through the motions. Going through the motions, putting your stuff out the night before, and just waking up and knowing that this is something you have to do for the day. I'm not even going to give my brain the opportunity. I'm just going to know what steps I have to take to be able to get there. So lay out your shoes, lay out your clothes. When you wake up in the morning and your alarm goes off, put your workout outfit on, put it on, Go to your kitchen, make your breakfast, make your pre-workout if you take pre-workout, get your water bottle, get your gym bag, put your shoes on, out the door. 
Because I guarantee once you actually do get to the gym and you actually start your workout, you will feel so much better and a lot of your overthinking and a lot of your anxiety will taper off. It's always the lead up. I always say it's always the anticipation of things that gets me super stressed out and it's not the actual event. It's just the buildup that I make in my head. Also, it's very tough to not let your feelings influence your day, but I think that the most important thing that I've personally had to learn is self-awareness. Self-awareness to understand what my feelings are, because sometimes if I was in a bad mood or I was stressed out about something, I would take it out on people in my life. So for example, like my mom or Dean, I would be snippy and a little bit aggressive because I was stressed out and it actually didn't even have anything to do with them. And then they would get snippy back because they were like, what the heck? And it would all in all affect my day. It would put me in a bad mood. It would be a whole spiral of a situation. So learning my own self-awareness and understanding my own emotions and my feelings, I now look at a situation and I'm like, okay, I'm stressed out. I have anxiety. And so with that, I will sit with Dean and I'll be like, I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm feeling really anxious. What can we do to fix this? What can we do to make me feel better in this moment? And that's something that is really important because, like I said, it stops that emotion from necessarily influencing my day. Yeah, I might still be stressed out during the day, but at least I know I now have a support system that understand this is how I'm feeling for the day and they will help me try and cope with it as opposed to me suppressing that feeling, not paying attention to it, and then having everything in the day really amped up and more aggressive because I didn't pay attention to the way that I was feeling and because I didn't acknowledge my own emotions. Girlies, we know Healthridge Collective is my absolute pride and joy, so I only use the best when it comes to selling our items. Therefore, we use Shopify. When I first started Healthridge Collective, I was so new and so inexperienced. I literally had no idea how to sell our products, especially worldwide. Thankfully, Shopify has made it a seamless and easy process. Now we are selling all over the world. It's the perfect platform if you're trying to grow your business. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, plus millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC, all lowercase. Again, that's shopify.com slash WTTC, because now is the time to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, head over to shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorite company once again. That's right, we're talking about Lumi. And for all the girlies who don't know, Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant that's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. 
I just got a new Lumi deodorant in the mail the other day, and I kid you not, it smells exactly like toasted coconut. And I mean, who doesn't want to smell like coconut all day long? But if that isn't your vibe, then they also have scents like clean tangerine or lavender sage. Lumi has a starter pack that is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code WTTC at lumideodorant.com. That equates over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code WTTC. Also, sometimes it's really hard to stop your feelings from actually affecting your day. And sometimes you just have to write the day off. Sometimes you're in a bad mood. I've had so many days where I'm either sad for no reason. I posted on the podcast Instagram the other day and I was like, guys, I'm sad and nothing happened. I'm just in a bad mood today. I'm not feeling good. And I just had to write the day off. I had to be like, okay, you know what? I'm in a bad mood today. I'm in a bad mood And I'm just going to write the day off. Everything that I did for the day when I was in class, when I went to the gym, I just realized, you know what, today's an off day. Today's an off day. Tomorrow will be better. It's okay that I'm not thrilled to be in school right now. It's okay that I'm, honest to God, not really paying attention and I'm more focused on my bad mood. But we all have days like that. We all have days like that. And then I went to bed. I gave myself a little bit of extra self-love, extra care. I watched some TV. I really chilled out. I tried my best to just be like, this is just how the day is going. I went to bed. I woke up the next day and I was ready to start my day. I was in a good mood. I was ready to go. I was ready to conquer. But sometimes your feelings will affect your day. Sometimes you can't always stop it and you just have to realize that and just roll with it because it happens to the best of us. We have days where we just are not feeling great, not feeling good, not feeling confident and those days do happen and you just have to be able to be extra, extra gentle with yourself on those days and not beat yourself up because that's something that I would do is if I was in a bad mood or I felt like I wasn't being productive enough, I would literally talk so shitty to myself. And I'd be like, why am I feeling like this? Nothing happened. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Or I'm mad about the fact that I'm even mad. And you just have to realize it happens to everyone. It happens to all of us. Just be extra gentle, extra understanding, and you will have way better days. Okay, so another question that I got is, what is your morning routine on a school day? And then I also got the question that is, what are some of your favorite breakfast meal ideas? So I'm going to kind of combine both of them. So (laughs) I was going to say I don't really go to school anymore, but I mean, I still do. It's just different when it's online and I don't actually have to go into school. But so most of the time I will wake up around 7, 7.30, which is wild because if you're an OG listener, you know that I used to wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the hospital. So I'll wake up around 7, 7.30. I will get up. I will put on my workout clothes. I'll make my pre-workout and I will go to the gym. Like I said, 
I can't, I can't give myself enough time to overthink my decisions. So in the morning, I have to wake up, go straight to the gym so that I don't even have enough time to think, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? What am I feeling? Like, I just need to get up and go so that my brain does not keep spiraling. So I go to the gym, I do a little workout, either I will go to hot Pilates or I will do a treadmill walk. Sometimes I do 12, 3.30. A lot of the time I just leave it at without an incline and I'll do like a 4.5 type of pace and I'll just walk for like an hour. Sometimes I do my own little HIIT workout. So I literally will take one of the little mats that they have and my little ankle weights and my five pound dumbbells and I will schedule out my own HIIT workout. I'll do a little bit of jumps, then I'll do some like, I don't know, sit-ups. Like it's just, I do a whole little HIIT workout that I made up. So then post-gym, I go back up to my apartment. I take a shower. Sometimes I wash my hair, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just wash my body. It depends on the day. All of us, all of us girlies understand. And then I will go get myself a coffee. There's a coffee maker in my building. So I'm going to use that because it's free coffee and I don't need to pay for it. So I go get a coffee. I'll take my greens powder. And then I normally will sit at my computer and I will answer emails or I will do any homework that I have to do. I will record the podcast if I have to record the podcast that day. I'll go on Instagram. I'll message people back. I'll do kind of all those tasks early in the morning. And then it's time for breakfast. So my go-to breakfast meals. I am a whore for oats. I love oatmeal so much. So I will typically do a bowl of oats and then a side of eggs. My issue for me personally is that a bowl of oats don't have enough protein that I want. And I know that some people put like egg whites or protein powder in their bowl of oats. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. It ruins it for me. I'm not a massive, massive protein powder fan. So it really just, it's like so gross to me. I don't want, I don't want it. But so I like to make my oats on the stove. I put my little water in a pot. I let that boil. I add in my oats. I kind of let it boil for like 30 seconds. Then I turn it down to low heat. I let it simmer for quite a while. I put in some cinnamon and some chia seeds, mix that all up. And then I personally like to use frozen berries. So then I put frozen berries into my oatmeal, still on the heat in the pot. And then I finally will turn off the temperature and I will put some syrup on top. I'll mix it all in on the in the pot and then I put it in a bowl and that's kind of it. And then for my eggs, I normally just make like two eggs. I will either do scrambled. I will either just fry them, whatever the situation is. And then I will put some hot sauce on them, some salt and pepper. And that's my go to breakfast that I've had for the past little while. I am very much a hyperfixation person, so I will have the same breakfast all the time until I physically cannot have it anymore, and then I'll switch it. But another one of my favorite breakfast meals is pancakes. So this was kind of my quarantine go-to breakfast because I had a lot more time every day, and it was something that was kind of just fun for me to make. So these are the quote-unquote healthier pancakes. I say quote-unquote because 
health is wealth. As long as you're feeling good, it really doesn't matter. But how I make them is in a blender, I will put one banana, some oats, and some egg whites, and some chia seeds, and cinnamon. And I will put it in the blender. I will blend it all up until it basically creates like a batter. And then this is the part that you have to be careful with because they are a little bit thinner, you have to make sure that you're cooking them on a lower heat than a normal pancake. Otherwise, they won't fully form and you won't actually be able to flip them and they'll burn on the bottom. So I typically do like a a low to medium type of temperature. I will cook all my little pancakes and then I'll put frozen berries again. I don't know what it is with me and frozen berries. I love frozen berries. I'll put frozen berries on top and some syrup and that's delicious. I think it is so good. I got Dean on them too. So obviously people like them, but those are kind of my two go-to breakfasts. One of them is more of a quick and effective sort of breakfast. Like I think to make my oats and eggs, it takes me, I'm going to say like five minutes. And you also don't even have to make the oats on the stove. I just like the way that they taste better, but some people just make them in the microwave, especially if you use quick oats. I think it's what, like 90 seconds, like it's something so quick. But also the pancakes, if you're on the weekend or you have a little bit more time, try them out and let me know what you think of them because I think they are fire. I think they're so good. And I will make like 17 of these little pancakes and they're to die for. But then once breakfast is over, it's pretty much noon and I just do more work until I start class at three every day. So that's kind of my morning routine when it comes to school. My morning routine on the weekends honestly is pretty much the same, except I probably won't go work out or I will sleep in a little bit longer or I won't really do as much homework and I'll sit and I'll watch TV. But that's kind of my morning routine. So sticking on the whole school topic, one of the questions I had was on grades and the influence on self-worth. And this is something that I relate to probably more than anyone else. Like this is something that I understand like deep in my heart. Um, I don't know if I've actually ever shared this story, but when I was a freshman in university, I got my first exam back and I got a 98% on my exam and I was ecstatic. I was so fucking excited. I was like, this is no way this happened. Like this is actually unreal. And I went to my Nana and I was like, look what I got on my test. And she looked me dead in the eyes and she was not joking. She was being a thousand percent serious. And she goes, where's the other 2% Brianne? So if you want to know how (laughs) grades are viewed in my family, and if you want to know how grades affect your self-worth, there's an example. But that was definitely one of the hardest things that I've had to overcome being someone who's still in school. When I was in undergrad and I was trying to get into med school, as we all know, that dream kind of died. But as someone who is trying to get into med school, 
Your grades are what matters. You can be the best person in the entire world and they can tell you that they are doing a holistic process, quote unquote, and it doesn't matter about your grades, blah, blah, blah. It does. They still look at your grades. They still look at your MCAT. They still look at all these standardized tests and it directly reflects if you're getting into a school or not. And that is one of the hardest pills to swallow because when I got rejected from all these med schools, I thought that it directly was an attack on me as a person. I thought that they basically were saying like, fuck you, we hate everything about you. When now looking at it and now being kind of on the other side and being okay with the fact that I'm not going to med school and I'm not doing that anymore, I've realized that they don't know you. Your grades do not represent who you are as a person. And every person is different. Every person is so different. Every class that you take in undergrad, so different. Every class that you take post-undergrad, so different. Every class that you take in high school, so different. Like, I just want you to think about when you're in school and you have a class with whatever teacher and you have a class with another teacher, how differently do they grade? They're not the same. They don't view things the same. You could have an A in one class and a D in another. Also, you might learn in a different way than what you're being taught. Some people are more visual learners. Some people can literally hear it once and remember it. So I had to realize that a lot of the time, it's not actually about you. And it could just be that you aren't learning the best way that you should be in that class. I took physics in undergrad. Obviously, I had to take physics. I took physics at one school and I did really well. I think I got an A. I got an A. I kind of understood it. I didn't actually really understand it, but my teacher was super helpful. My teacher was so insanely helpful. It was a way smaller class. There was only a few of us and I just felt like it was so much better. Then I had to take my second physics course, like physics two at University of Arizona. And that class was, I think, 300 kids, way bigger, a massive lecture hall. The teacher was not a very good teacher. He was not explaining anything very well at all. And I think I finished with a C. Like I did not do well at all. And it's because the learning environment that I was in was not compatible for who I am. Also, I hate physics. I hate math. I'm not good at it. We know I'm not good at it. So I had to remind myself that this grade does not reflect who I am. It does not reflect how smart I am. It does not reflect how successful I'm going to be. I'm just not fucking good at physics. I don't care about the velocity of a ball flying in the air. Like I just, my brain doesn't work that way. And that's what I had to realize. It's very tough, I will say, when you're in that environment to not associate your grades with your value, especially if you're in a program where everyone else has the same end goal. Obviously, being in a physiology program, 98% of us wanted to be doctors. So it was competitive. Everyone was asking each other what grades they got on exams. And then you would look at your friends and you're like, why'd they get a grade so much better than I did? And it's very hard to not feel shitty about yourself. Like, I'm honestly going to be so real. It's very hard to 
get a grade that's lower than your friends or lower than someone else, maybe lower than the average and not feel like you're stupid and not feel like you're a piece of shit. Like it's a very hard thing to overcome, but you have to realize that being out of it, those grades do not matter. Those grades do not matter whatsoever. If you were to go to a doctor right now, you were to go to a doctor, are you going to ask them what they got in their biochem one class in university? Like what grade they got? And then are you going to decide what doctor you're going to based on who has the higher GPA? No, you're like, you're not doing that. You might, you might ask, but that's weird and no one would ever do it. So those grades are not going to determine if you're successful. Those grades are not going to determine if you're a good person. Those grades are not going to determine if you have any value. One, you have value no matter what. Like, let me just get that straight. But you can accomplish so much. And just because you're not doing well in sociology or you're not doing well in biochem or you're not doing well in any of it, doesn't mean that you can't obtain your goals and doesn't mean that you can't keep trying. If I wanted to keep applying to med school and I wanted to study again and retake the MCAT, I could. I just I just don't want to. But you can achieve anything that you want and your grades, I'm going to literally say this again because I'm so passionate about it because a lot of my lack of confidence came from my grades but your grades do not determine your self-worth. And you have to constantly remind yourself about who you are as a person, what value you bring, and that you're going to be successful no matter what. And grades are so subjective. They're so subjective because you could have a higher grade or a lower grade based on the scaling that your school uses, or if they use a curve or not, like there's so many things and it's not standardized throughout any school. Like when I went to school in Canada versus when I went to school in the US, the grading is not even close. So just try and remind yourself that your grades should not influence your self-worth in any way, shape or form. And whoever wrote this question, if you want to message me, please feel free. Because like I said, this is something that I care about a lot because it's something that really put me in a depressed state for a really, really long time. But all in all, you're a badass. Your grades don't define you. Keep hustling. Keep doing it. You got it. I'm so proud of you. Okay, now we're changing gears, like a thousand percent changing gears. But the question says, so I need help, lol. I've only hooked up with a few guys in my life and none have ever made me orgasm. LMAO, is something wrong with me? I'm over here thinking I may not even be attracted to men anymore, LMAO. I don't know what to think. So first of all, it's not you. It's not you. You are not the issue. There's nothing wrong with you. You're hooking up with the wrong guys. So for girls, it's very hard to orgasm. The chances of a girl orgasming through normal penetration is very slim. I don't actually think I know anyone, I'm trying to think, who has actually ever even had that happen. Like, I don't think that that's a very common thing at all. So the boy that you're hooking up with needs to 
do other things in order to make you orgasm. Like the person that you're hooking up with basically has to take extra steps and has to want to make you orgasm for it to happen. It's a lot of work. They have to put extra effort into foreplay. Also oral is probably the easiest way for a girl to orgasm. But if you're just hooking up with a guy and he's literally just having normal sex with you, you're not good at orgasm. Females' bodies are very different, and we have a different way of functioning than a male's body, which is so fucking annoying because boys can literally come in two seconds. But you have to be hooking up with someone who their goal is to make you orgasm because if that's not their goal and they're not actively doing specific things to make that happen, then it won't, it won't happen through just normal penetration and normal sex. So it's definitely not you. You're definitely not the problem. The problem is the boys that you're hooking up with. So we need to find you better boys who actually want to pleasure you and actually want you to feel good instead of them just getting off. If you're with a boy and he wants to make you orgasm, but he doesn't actually know what to do, he can do oral. Eating out is a perfect way to have an orgasm. But you can also use a toy. You can also use a vibrator or something of that sort. So even if he doesn't actually fully know what he's doing, but that's a goal that he has and he wants to make you feel good, those are two options that you can use. Because for girls to orgasm, it's all about clit stimulation. And so when you're doing normal vaginal penetration, you're not hitting the clit like it's not it's not happening so the chances of you actually reaching an orgasm are so much slimmer so like i said foreplay oral use a toy those are great options and i mean you can come from from vaginal penetration but the boy has to hit the g-spot a lot a lot of the time a lot of the time that doesn't actually happen so i would definitely go with clit stimulation okay so next question is i just need five of your best positivity tips girlfriend january is januarying and i understand i completely completely agree So I actually wrote out five tips because I was like, I don't want to fuck this up. I want to give you some good, good things that we can do to kind of be more positive when our month is just a little shitty. So the first one I have, it sounds so fucking stupid, but I'm going to need you to do it, is smile more. Literally force yourself to smile. Have you ever seen the things and they're like literally look in the mirror and just smile at yourself? Like that's what I want you to do. And the reason is that it literally tricks your brain into feeling happier and it releases endorphins and serotonin, which are your happy hormones. And it changes your pathways in your brain and basically just makes you feel an overall, I don't want to say high, but like a happiness high. Also, another tip is remind yourself, constantly remind yourself that this feeling is not going to last forever. So if you're feeling really shitty, you're feeling really tired, you're feeling really down, kind of just not great, that feeling is not going to last forever. And if you're going through a hard time, remind yourself that you have made it through every single hard time that you have gone through in life. And life ebbs and flows, which is so shitty, but you'll go through 
really, really good points. And you'll go through times that are a little bit tougher to navigate, but nothing is going to last forever. And once you get to the other side and you will get to the other side, you will feel so much better. Okay, next is do one thing a day that makes you very happy. So that could either be going to your favorite workout class, that could be watching an episode of your favorite TV show, having your favorite cup of coffee in the morning. Say you want to go to Starbucks and get yourself a special drink every day. Honestly, do it. While you're in this time that you're just not feeling great, find something every single day that's going to make you happy. Because it's a little thing in your day that makes you feel good. And it's something that you can look forward to every single day. So even if you're not feeling the best or your day's been kind of shitty, you're like, I know I'm going home later and I get to watch whatever show on TV and I get to have a glass of wine. It's just a small space every day that will give you a little bit of happiness And it's kind of just a small space to remind yourself that life is good. Life is good. Everything's okay. Everything will be okay, even if it's not at the moment. And it's just a little thing to make you feel better. Okay, and then the next thing I'm going to say is a gratitude journal. That's a go-to. Everyone knows about it, but... Basically, even if you don't even want to journal it, because I don't want to sit down and journal all the time, to be honest, just start listing off things that you're thankful for, because what you put out is what you get back. And when you show appreciation to the universe, it's going to reward you. And also, it puts you in a way better mood, and it also kind of makes you realize how lucky we actually are and how much we really do have. And it adds to that sense of abundance, which in turn is going to just make you more abundant. And then the last thing is affirmations. So obviously affirmations are a go-to when life gets tough. Constantly remind yourself of all the amazing qualities you have, all the amazing things that you have, and how amazing you really are. So say this with me right now. Everyone say it with me right now. And then you're going to also need to have it on constant replay in your head throughout the day 24-7. That's a requirement. But I am so lucky. Everything that I want, I attract. Everything works out perfectly for me. And that's something I've been telling myself over and over and over and over the past little bit. And I'm not even trying to shit you guys. I honestly, honestly believe that a lot of good things are happening because I just have this mindset because I have this mindset and like attracts like. And so constantly saying this over and over and over in my head, I'm going to bring that stuff in. But if January kind of has you down in the dumps, try these tips, remind yourself it's not going to last forever. You're going to get through it. You've got through every single tough thing that you've ever gone through in life and get yourself an oat milk latte, sit on the couch, watch your favorite show, do the things that you need to do to make yourself feel good in this moment. And you can be productive in a day. You can be productive in a few hours, but take this moment to just be happy. Take this moment to feel good and give yourself some extra care. Okay, this next question, it's a little bit longer, but it says, I'm a varsity tennis player and I would consider myself a good player, but my ranking is terrible and it's because I freeze and freak myself out in matches and in practice I play great if I don't let those matches get to me. 
For example, this Tuesday, my practice went so well and I played amazing. And today I have a tennis match and I know what I did on Tuesday to have a good practice, but I'm worried it won't be good for the match. I know you did dance, so I was wondering if you could give me any tips on how to deal with that since I'm trying to find new ways to help with my mental game. So no matter what situation that you're in, or what sport you play the mental game is so fucking hard and I'm honestly gonna say 90% of it is a mental game and 90% of it is having the confidence in yourself to know that you can do you can do these hard things and so for the example of tennis I would honestly say that you have to believe in yourself because the reason that you are freezing is because you don't have the confidence in yourself. You don't have the confidence in yourself to know that no matter how the opponent's playing or what the opponent is doing, you are able to play against them. Like you are able to still play as if you were in practice, even though you don't know who the opponent is technically or how they're going to play their own game. And so any situation like this, I always say you have to rely on your instincts. You also have to rely on your training. Like when I used to dance and I would go perform and I'd be about to go on stage, performance anxiety is very real and you are going to have nerves and you're going to be scared no matter what. And I always had to just tell myself, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I have so many hours of training. I have so many hours of working my ass off that this should be a breeze. This should be the fun part. This should be the part that I actually enjoy. And I think it goes the same with tennis. I think when you are practicing, that's your time to practice. That's your time to get in the groove. That's your time to know what you need to do better, what you need to fix. And when you actually go into the match, have fun, have fun with it. Whatever the outcome is, it's the outcome. But just know that you have the training, you have the background, you have the skills, and you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish. It's kind of the same as like a test. When you are studying for an exam and you know that you studied your ass off and you studied so much and you know all the material, you don't know what's on the exam. You go into that test and you have no idea and they could throw a curveball at you, but you think to yourself, okay, well, I know this and this and this and this. So then this must be the answer. And it's because you're relying on what you studied. It's because you're relying on what you prepped for. Whereas if you go into the test and you didn't study, yeah, you're probably going to be stressed out and you're going to not have any confidence. And you have to be confident in your abilities. You have to be confident in your abilities and confident in your training and rely on those instincts that you have in order to do a good job and in order to have a good quote unquote performance. Even if you're not in sports or you're not in school, I think we can put this kind of into business too. Like say you had to go and do a pitch. You had to go do a pitch for a company and you prepped. You prepped so hard to know all your numbers, all your strategies, all your quotes, and you prepped all this information and you get there and 
I mean, for example, say you're on Shark Tank, you have your pitch, you have everything ready, you go to Shark Tank, and then one of the sharks asks you a question that you weren't prepared for, or asks you a question that you didn't think of ahead of time. You rely on the information that you did prep. You rely on the information that you did prep to problem solve and to find an answer that's suitable. It's the exact same thing with school and with sports. A lot of the time you get thrown in situations, you don't know who the opponent is. You don't know who you're competing against. You don't know what's on the test. You don't know what type of questions are going to be asked, but you rely on your training. You rely on the preparation that you did, and then you problem solve. You problem solve, and even if you don't get it right that that first time, then you go home and you reflect and you think about it and you try again the next time. And that's how you grow and that's how you become a better student, a better tennis player, a better dancer, a better business person, and like an all over better person. So the last question that we have is, what are your best tips for new young creators and podcasters? And my first tip would would honestly be to find what you're passionate about. Find what you're passionate about and talk about it. Post about it. If you love fitness, post about fitness. If you love lifestyle content, post about that. Use your own experiences to make you stand out. I mean, I honestly think that my podcast is a little bit different than every other wellness lifestyle podcast because I have different experiences than them, because I'm not actually a full content creator, because I'm still in school, because I have my own business and my experiences and things that I've gone to will resonate with certain people. And that's how you start to build a community and having that community support you and surround you is one of the biggest things with having a podcast. I mean, I could sit here and talk and post these and have one person listen, but having so many people listen and so many people resonate, it makes me want to keep doing what I'm doing. And I think honestly, building that community is one of the biggest tips I can give you. I think using your own experiences to create unique content and unique podcast episodes is super important. I also think one of the tips I tell people is just start just start. You're never going to know what you're doing. I mean, I sit here and I record my fucking podcast on voice memo. Obviously, I have a mic. Obviously, I can edit it and all that stuff, but that's how I record it because I didn't actually learn, but you learn by doing. And so you're never going to know enough stuff when you start. You're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel fully confident in what you're doing, but just start it. Just start posting. Just start making episodes. Just start putting yourself out there and you're going to learn as you go and you're going to grow as a content creator, as a podcaster. I also think one of the biggest tips I'm going to tell you is it's not going to happen right away. It might, it might happen right away, but a lot of the time you have to put in so much work for very little payout. And at a certain point, people are going to start to notice that work. People are going to start to notice your brand, notice you as a content creator, notice your podcast. 
And that's when things are going to start to pick up. But for a really long time, you might have to be your own motivation and you might have to be your biggest supporter. And that's one of the hardest things with doing this is constantly reminding yourself that what you're doing is of value and people are going to recognize it at a certain point. It just might take a little bit of time. So be patient. But those are all the questions that we have for our first collective episode. I hope you guys like this. I kind of like getting to know you guys a little bit better and getting to know your questions and your advice and your stories. Like I love this. So if you want to be featured in the next episode, then please make sure that you go to the Google Doc down in the description and you submit your write-in. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you guys in this week's podcast episode. Bye.